Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, James McLam, and I'm joined today by Abby. Abby, how are you doing today? I'm great. James, how are you? I'm doing well. You and I have had a good, good interview today with a very special friend of mine, someone who who I've known now for over eight, almost eight years, uh, Michelle Prince. And Michelle Prince is not only a Ziegler legacy trainer, she's also the Ziegler brand ambassador. She really has found her calling in life, helping people find their purpose, their priorities, and share their stories, and and really helping folks make a difference in their life. And Michelle gave us some great nuggets this morning. Abby, what was one of the key takeaways that you had? I think the thing that just keeps sitting around in my mind as I'm reflecting on our conversation is Michelle said that passion is a clue to finding your purpose and that as we find our purpose and we set our priorities, our priorities become crystal clear if we're chasing after our purpose. And so just that kind of making sure that we are not, it's not selfish to find your passion and to find your purpose, but rather it's so vitally important to making sure that we are being the most effective and having the most impact that we can while we are living our best life. You know, she talked a lot about how passion can help show your priorities. And I really didn't, this was unintentional. If you watch this weekly, you know that that's normally behind me, but I didn't even think about the fact that over my shoulder, is, uh, is a, a picture that I've had for for over 20 years, you know, which is about priorities. Um, and and I think that conveys what my passion is, is, is helping, you know, letting folks know that I want to have them make a difference in, in the lives of youth going forward. This has got some great information, some, some very specific questions that you can use to help find your purpose or to help youth find their purpose so some guidance that you can have going through those we will have some link we have links on how to connect with her in the show notes so make sure you look at those but she also talks at the end of the podcast about a product that she has an event that she has that helps folks who are interested in sharing their story maybe in a book format or just clarifying their story for their own sake we have those links as well in the in the show notes so Let's go to our interview with my very, very good friend and Ziggler brand ambassador, Michelle Prince. Michelle, welcome to the Gen Z Show. It's good to to connect again. It's been a while since we've seen each other. I know. Thank you, James and Abby. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you and I have known each other, uh, let's see, almost eight years now. Do you realize it was eight years this fall that we went through that class? Was it really? Oh, my gosh. 13? Yeah, 13. Wow. Wait, no, then, yeah, eight. You're right. You're right. Oh, my gosh. That doesn't seem that long. On one hand, it doesn't seem that long, but then on the other hand, it seems like forever ago, so. I know. I don't know if we're still the biggest class that ever came through there or not. Do you know? I don't. I know we're the first class and we're first, yeah, we're first class, class all the way. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, we can talk some about that uh, 
how, how that happened in story. So for our audience, they heard Abby and I introduce you, but they really want to know a little bit more about you from you. So if you don't mind, introduce yourself to our Gen Z audience and let them know a little bit about you. Oh, I'd love to. Yes. So, well, I'm a business owner. I'm a mom of two boys of 21. Actually, he just turned 22, 22 and 18. Um, but I'm an author, speaker. I initially started working for Zig right out of college. And then, um, you know, I, I, I do a lot to, te- to keep his legacy alive, as do all of you. And I also own a publishing company, helping people to tell their stories. One of the things that that I've always admired about what you do and, and, and the things that you teach is, is you're committed to helping people find their passion. Now we hear that a lot. Hey, you need to follow your passion. You need to find your passion. So from you, what does that mean when you say, hey, I want to help you find that passion? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because passion is so important. It's not everything, but it's so important because I believe it's a clue And, you know, regardless of whatever anyone's spiritual beliefs are, I think most of us believe we're here for a reason, that there's a purpose behind it all. And so I just believe that your passion is going to be a clue to your purpose, because I don't believe God's going to give you a purpose in life that you hate, right? So chances are it's going to be something that you enjoy doing. So I always start off you know, whether it's somebody looking to figure out what they want to do with their life or if they want to write a book, what their story would be. But it always has to go back to passion because, you know, it just it says so much about you. So thinking about, you know, what lights you up? What what are you doing when you feel like you're, you know, in your own skin or you you know you're doing a good job? Those are all clues to the the bigger, more important thing, and that's figuring out what your purpose is. So how can you help with to find their purpose. Uh, I'm thinking my oldest daughter's 21 and she definitely found her purpose very early on. Uh, her and her and Abby are good friends. So I think Abby would agree on this, that uh, my, my oldest is, is uh, found her passion very early on. But my son, who's 18, you know, just graduated, just started school, just is right. He, he probably is, is searching for more uh, of a passion. So how can you find their passion? Um, yeah. In this time, what, what would be some of the steps that you would give them? And also taking another step, what would be some advice that you could give those who are working uh, with youth, how to help youth find their passion? For sure. Yeah, actually, there's um, there's six questions that I, I go through for my I, I did it for myself. So I'll back up a little bit. So I first at 18, my parents sent me to a Ziegler conference, the Born to Win conference. And I wasn't as wonderful as these uh, teens and, and young adults that are listening because I went kicking and screaming. I didn't volunteer to go. Um, but I, you know, learned pretty quick what my passion was because I love personal development. But many, many people, including my own, you know, my children, maybe they don't have a hundred percent clear view on their purpose. So a couple questions to ask. Um, number one is thinking about, you know, what are you doing? You know, when you're, what activities do you most enjoy? Do you love to cook? Do you love to travel? Do you love, um, being with children, you know, leading others, being on a podcast? Those are all, again, these are just clues. It doesn't mean it's the answer, but this is one of the questions I've always asked. And then figuring out, you know, what are you inspired by? Because we're all inspired by different things. Uh, Another way I like to put this is think about when you go to a bookstore or a library, but let's say you go to the bookstore, what section do you end up in? You know, for me, it's always going to be personal development or leadership. I love both of those very much. 
Um, For our but, Gen Z audience, the bookstores where we used to go to buy books. <laughs> we, we have to drive there and walk in. Uh, yeah. So I, you need to explain that to them. So <laughs> I'll narrow it down. The genre of the podcast you listen to um, is probably more more likely. But but that's the truth, though. It's like, what are you drawn towards? Because that's not just by chance. There's that's tied to your purpose in some way. And so if you're drawn to you know, leadership or something like that, chances are good that might be a clue to something um, related mm. to your purpose. Um, another question, and this is a hard one sometimes, even for us adults, that, you know, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And the reason this is a good one is most of the time people set goals, I'll speak for myself, usually you set goals based on what you think is possible or close to being possible, meaning like we don't usually stretch ourselves so far that we allow ourselves to really dream. But if you just take those blinders off and, and just let yourself, you know, if I could do anything, meaning I, no matter what I attempted, I would be a success. It would, it would go off without a hitch. Uh, you have all the money you need to make it successful and you have all the time in the world to, to make it happen. What would you do? And the reason a lot of us don't get to that answer is we don't just stop and ask really, but you know, so start chatting down things that, you know, for me, when I was young, even in my, when I was 18, after I met Zig, I couldn't articulate what my purpose was or what I really wanted to do, but I just knew I wanted to motivate, inspire, encourage, you know, it took many years to kind of figure it out more directly, but you know, what are those things that you're, you're, you're drawn to that, um, you know, if you could do anything, what would it be? And, and just write all that down couple other uh, questions, um, and this is important, is when are you the most empowered or what are you doing when you know you've done a good job? Even if you don't, you know, pat yourself on the back, but um, maybe what do people compliment you for? Here's an example. So when I was, um, before I started my business, before I started speaking, I was in corporate, I was older, um, but I was at a, a, at a women of faith event with one of my college girlfriends. And there was, it was at a big arena and there were, I don't know, 20,000 people there. It was a lot of people. And I, I lean over to my girlfriend and I just nudge her and I'm like, oh my gosh, wouldn't you love to be a speaker at this event? And, and I was sincere. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And she looked at me and she was like, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to stand on that stage, let alone open my mouth. And it was in that moment that I was like, huh, maybe that is a unique gift of mine because I, I do love to speak. I love to, you know, that kind of thing excites me. It doesn't. So that's what I'm saying for, for no matter what your age is, those are all little clues. It may not be the purpose that happens immediately. You may go down many roads to get there, but um, I just believe that God gives us that passion for a reason and we just need to pay attention to it. That's powerful. Did, did I get all six of them? Have, would you repeat? I'll say some because I'm right. Oh, I don't oh. think I did. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Squirrel. Um, the last one, it, well, two more, actually. The, the fifth one is what's, what's on your bucket list? And for those who don't know what a bucket list is, there was a movie years ago called The Bucket List. And it's just basically a story about these two men who are about to die. And they made a list of all the things they wanted to do before they, quote unquote, kicked the bucket. And so making that list is important because a lot of times in life, especially as you get older, you think, oh, I want to write a book someday, or I want to start a business, or I want to 
you know, start a nonprofit or something. If you make that list now and make those things priorities, then you're, you're, you know, nobody wants to get to the end of their life and, you know, not check off the things that really matter. But if they're really, really, really important and they're things that you know you must accomplish before you die, they're probably going to be tied to your purpose in some way. Um, and then the final question, and this really, you know, is probably more Zigglerized and more Tom Ziggler loves to talk about legacy is asking yourself, you know, what legacy do you want to leave? I know when we're young, we don't think, you know, we think we'll live forever. But the truth is, there's no guarantee. And no matter if you die 100 years from now, or, or you know what, you're going to leave a legacy. Everybody is. You're going to leave a legacy with your family, with your community. There'll be a legacy here with the, the Gen Z group. So if you start asking yourself now what, what, what legacy you want to be, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be known for? Start backing into it. But, but those, again, are all part of the puzzle of figuring out your purpose. Now, I wish I could tell you I asked myself those questions at 18 and I had it figured out like that. I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't really until 2009 that the little seeds that I planted when I was younger started to take root. But I think that the earlier you start, the better. But your passion is a clue to your purpose. And your purpose is there not to serve yourself. It's, it's there to, to share the gifts that, that you've been given with others to make an impact in their life. Hmm. Abby, you think uh, you understand how to, you know, that process or even describe it? I don't think so, James. I think that I know we've talked a lot about passion and purpose and specifically like you and I and Sarah Beth and like seeing how she and I kind of feel like we found our passion and our purpose yet most of our peers haven't. And I feel like asking these questions and being intentional and thoughtful makes passion and purpose something so much more concrete and less, oh, I'm going to jump off on this whim and say it's my passion and make it work until it doesn't. Mm. And it's not so simple. And I know that I remember struggling when I was younger. I remember being in college and people always asking, well, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I remember having that fear of like, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I, whatever job I can get. And, you know, the one thing I swore I would never do was sales. And that was the only job I could get out of college. But going back to it all being tied to your purpose. So, you know, for me, it was very serendipitous that I, I, my first job out of college, I was selling copiers, worst job ever, but I <laughs> cold called on the Ziegler corporation and I had met Zig at 18. I was, you know, four or five years later, cold calling on him. And then it was just all of a sudden that like, Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to work here. And that, that, that excitement came back. So that's why I feel like, you know, you may not have it hundred percent figured out and you do have to take action and you have to go, but try to do a little self-discovery and just just allow yourself to dream and like what what excites you and what would be amazing and being open to seeing what doors might open you ever have, uh, encounter parents that will come to you and, and ask for your advice on helping their their children find their passion on there yeah actually one of our um one of my oldest son's friends mom called me probably about a year ago or so and they're her child was struggling in college and which is very 
common and it was COVID and there was depression and, you know, just, it's just hard. It's hard for adults, let alone, you know, that age group navigating all this, but it, it, it was more of that, you know, it was more helping them figure out, well, what are their strengths, right? You know, what are you good at? What can you honestly say you're good at? And what is it that when you're, when you are happy and when you are having fun or when you, you know, what are you doing? And, um, I think there's a lot of pressure too to fit in. And, and so it, co- it goes back to just discovering who you are and it may not be like everybody else, but being okay with that. I, I like the fact that you identified it first. So find out what your strengths are, what you're good at. Cause I do see a lot of times that uh, adults that work with youth, especially their parents are, are pushing them to find what their purpose is, especially at, at the late age and, and Generation Z, as, as Abby and I had, had were talking about before the show started, they tend to, uh, how did you feel, how, well, how did you verbalize Delayed it, Delayed adulthood. Delayed adulthood. I love that. <laughs> it's not that they're avoiding it, it's just that there's not an urgency. What'd you say, Abs? There's no rush. Yeah. You know, and that's interesting because I will say for my generation, I felt like I was in a rush, you know, like I remember feeling like, oh, I've got to graduate so I can get my first job. And then I got to get my first job so I can go to my second job. And then I got to get married and then I have a kid. So there was always, there was not as much enjoyment of the moment. So maybe that's not all bad. Maybe the lack of urgency gives you all more time to self-reflect. And maybe that's, that's, you know hopefully will serve you well long-term, you know? Mm. So taking this concept of passion and how we find our passion, the next part of your tagline is knowing your priorities. How does finding your passion and understanding priorities fit together and, and how do they sometimes conflict or do they conflict in terms of do priorities inhibit you finding your passion? Okay. So here's, here's my take on this. So I was saying that, you know, passion is your, your clue. It's not everything, but it's important because it's just a clue to your purpose. And then of course, purpose we know is what we're, what we're designed to do, what we're created to. We all have unique gifts and talents that we've been given that, that are unique to us. And and that will be tied to our purpose. And when you are living on purpose, when you know, like what you are called to do, um, short-term, long-term, right? You know what you're doing when, you, when you're in your teens and then maybe what you're going to do the next 10 years. But when you're, when you're living on purpose, your priorities become crystal clear. Meaning it's when, when you know what you want to accomplish in life, you're not wasting time. You're not just dilly-dallying on social media all day. You're not you know, kind of meandering through life, you're kind of more on a mission like you. And and it's because that passion is fueling that and it's part of your purpose. So it's like, okay, I'm going to get this done. And and you can tell the difference. We've all had seasons where, you know, not a lot's happening. And then there's other seasons when it's like, oh, I checked this off my list and I'm excited. I, I accomplished this goal. So the priorities part is those will become really clear to you when you know your passion and your purpose, but you can't really know your priorities if you don't know your purpose and you can't really know your purpose if you have no passion. So passion Mm. leads to purpose. Purpose will show you what your priority should be so that you can execute on the things that will get you closer to the goals that, that, you know, and closer to what you're supposed to be working on. 
Does that help you? Yeah, that that's pretty pretty powerful stuff right there, and makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you really break it down, where you put sometimes I personally don't always make sure that my passion and my purpose are my priorities. At least mm. like what I've decided is my purpose. Um, and and you're right. I feel emotionally drained, and I feel like I'm wasting time all the time when I'm trying to help feed others passions and purposes and making that my priority instead. Yeah. It's, it's hard though, because, you know, we have responsibilities. So just, it's not like this fairy tale land. We just go chase our passion and our purpose. And we, we, you know, we still have responsibilities. We still have school. We still have work. We still, you know, paycheck is a means to an end. Right. So it's, 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 it's more about making the time for the things that you enjoy, right? So it's, it's, it's taking care of you as much as you take care of someone else. And the, the analogy I've always loved and it still resonates today is the whole oxygen mask in an airplane, right? When you're in case of an emergency, where do they, they tell you to put the oxygen mask on you first before the child, before an elderly person, because you have to take care of yourself before anyone else. Finding your passion and your purpose is not self-seeking. It's not selfish. It's figuring out when you are operating and, and doing things that are within your purpose and you're executing, right? You know your priorities. You're going to feel happier. You're going to feel more um, energized because you're doing something, even though you may be working more. I'll give you the example. So somebody who is passionate about maybe playing the piano, right? Somebody who is you know, they may practice day in, day out, but they love it. So it doesn't feel as much like work. Um, for me, I love to write and I love to speak. And when I was, when I first, my first book that I wrote back in 2009, I was working a full-time job. I had kids in elementary school. I was so busy. I'd get up crazy early in the morning to write that book. And I'd stay up crazy late at night to finish it. So I was working way harder than I normally would, but because it was tied to my passion, I was so excited about it. So it's not like I had to make it happen. It was kind of like my passion was pulling me. And that's what I mean about oh. the priorities. It just kind of, it makes your focus really clear. And um, there was this saying from a movie years ago, um, and it went something along the lines of, if, if you don't know what you want, it makes no difference which road you take. Meaning when you know what you want and it's clear, it's just, it's just, um, just don't waste time. <laughs> you just get to work. Hmm. You think people's passion changes as they grow? I mean, as someone who's like 17, 18, and they were to take this a self-assessment and they would come up with, okay, this is what it is now. And then after they got through college, is it, could it be totally different? Well, I think it may, I think goals change with, without a doubt. Um, passion though, I, you know, and I could be wrong on this, James, so, but I'll use just for my own personal example. When I think back to how I felt at 18, when I met, met Zig and I just was so, I loved everything about that seminar. I, mm -hmm. I, I just felt, I felt so much passion for personal development and, and I just loved being around people like that. And then of course I, I went a different direction. I went into software sales and my goals shifted to wanting to make more money and, you know, have kids and climb a corporate ladder and do all those things. But if I'm honest with myself, even when I was in my twenties and my thirties, I was craving to still motivate, inspire, and encourage people. I still loved that stuff. I wasn't operating in it because my, my, my purpose wasn't very clear for a season, but 
I think it's still, I'm still as, as excited today as I was at 18 about all that stuff. So I think there's parts of your passion, the ones that are tied to your purpose that I think they, they'll still be ignited. I think what usually happens though, at least for me, I mean, I buried mine for years because I'm like, nope, gotta, gotta do this job. Gotta make the money. Gotta do all this. And I just kind of, uh, didn't take care of myself for a while there. And I didn't give myself the, the time to ask myself those questions I shared with you. Um, but, and, and I had to get to a place where I was really just so down and like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And it forced me to ask myself those questions like, okay, what really do I want to do in my life? What really do I feel called to do? And interestingly enough, it was the same thing I felt when I was 18. We had similar, I, I feel like we're on parallel paths as far as life and <laughs> that I felt very passionate in college and, and my first job was a teacher and I taught for almost a decade and that was a passion, you know, and I, I wanted to invest in youth. I wanted to help them grow. I went into business because I wanted to be able to financially uh, provide for my family and grow. And we were very successful with that. But that decade, that, that first decade of working in business, I, I, I don't, I don't remember a lot of that decade. And, it, and I don't, I'm not saying so, 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 oh, I blacked it out. I'm just talking about there wasn't any highlight events. I mean, we made financial goals and the company grew, we increased this and we ever came that and there was those types of things and we had children and, you know, we were able to provide, but there was not those life events and it wasn't yeah. until my road that led me back to Ziegler was wanting to increase my company's sales ability. So I was like, well, we need some online sales training. So I started looking around and I was like, hey, I know where to go. Uh, the same guy that I knew when I was in, you know, in college. And so I started listening to their podcasts and stuff and uh, going online and seeing their products. And then it was a, you know, that 13 year that it was about right now, sometime in September, wasn't it that they started announcing yeah. that, that they were going to do something. And I was like, this is, this is, this is what I've been wanting to do all along. Um, and how interesting that, you know, out of college, you wanted you or you were teaching because you wanted to inspire youth. And this is where you are today doing it mm -hmm. with generation. Well, you remember, I don't know if you remember or not, but, you know, when we had to give our graduation speeches on stuff and, uh, you know, they gave us a little certificate. We got our picture taken. Abby knows what it's like. Uh, you know, I said I wanted to, to take this uh, this message to youth. Um, it's not this is not. The vision that I had that morning, this is better than what I had that morning. Uh, what I had that morning was more me focused. I can do this. Now it is, it is equipping others to do this. So it's much better. But it is uh, it is amazing once you find your purpose, how those those priorities uh, can go into effect going forward. So I wish I'd had those questions and reminded my, them of my, to me uh, during those those years where I wasn't as focused on it. If I could say one more thing, just a suggestion that, and, and maybe this happens at Gen Z, I don't know, is, is sometimes it's hard to know your purpose because you don't really know what your strengths are or you, you know, or we don't like pay enough, enough attention to it, or at least I didn't, or I'd, I'd say like, oh, everyone can do that. But, um, you know, doing an assessment, I love the disc profiles. There's many, many others too, but just if you're not clear on what your strengths and gifts and talents are, then there are assessments out there that can show you. And in fact, I just did this with my son when he was interviewing. So of course, 
because I love personal development. I've been, I've been making my kids do these assessments their whole life. <laughs> but when he was interviewing the last couple of months for his first job out of college, um, it had been a long time since we did his DISC profile. And I said, let's do it because it's going to tell you what kind of job or what your strengths are, where, you know, and that will maybe tell you what kind of job you should be applying for. And he did it and he read it. And that gave him the confidence when somebody said, well, so what are some of your strengths? What do you bring to the table? He's literally like reading this, like, well, I'm, I work well with teams. I, you know, I'm, I'm at the supportive type. I'm so finding other ways. If you can't figure it out on your own, I can't say I figured it out on my own, you know, do assessments, go to courses, things like that. And it, it will happen. It will you have a high S as a child. Then. I do. I do. So my <laughs> oldest is a high S. Yes. My um, I'm and, and he and I are a lot alike. I'm an SI. And he's an SC, um, and then my husband's a high C, and my oldest is a, a DI. Oh, so that's a what DI. I am. I'm a Your DI. I'm yeah. a DI. Are you? Yeah. My uh, oldest daughter, uh, Sarah Beth, is a DI. She she's very much like me. My son is an IS. Mm -hmm. um, the next daughter is she's a high S. I'm not sure if, it, if she, which way she gravitates more towards the I or the C. I think it depends on the situation, but she's definitely a high S. And my wife is is a C off the charts. Um, my husband is too. <laughs> and so much so that with the, when uh, I've had friends come over that understand the disc profile and stuff, they'll slightly move a picture on the on the counter and stuff just to watch her walk into a room. And, and and instantly focus on that thing is not exactly where it's supposed yeah. to be. But oh my gosh. <laughs> Love it. What, one of the other things that, that I uh, appreciate about you is you're in, that you, you encourage people to share their story. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you do that in a book format, but for youth, they're thinking, I don't have a story to share. Or if I do have a story to share, how do I do it? So why would you encourage youth uh, to share their story? Oh, goodness. Well, it, here's the thing. Everyone's sharing their story all day, every day, and you're doing it on social media. It's just, are you choosing to share the authentic story? Are you choosing to be you? And you know what? I, I see a lot more confidence than I had at that age. You know, Abby, you, you are comfortable, your own skin appears. And I was not as comfortable just being like, okay, this is who I really am. But I just, I think that we, especially now more than ever, we need to know that or I, I'll speak for myself. I'm connected more to someone who's authentic and real than somebody who's perfect. I don't, mm. I can't relate to anybody who's perfect. I can't relate to a perfect business person or a perfect mom or a perfect friend. I just can't relate. Um, so I tend to like it when somebody's a little bit more open and, you know, Hey, I don't have it all together and that's okay, but I have a heart to help people. I want to, I want to make a difference. And so the story is really just getting clear on going back to your gifts, your strengths. I, I have a, the way I see story is it is truly a gift. And I believe that our story is a gift from God. And there's parts of our story that are positive and great. And then there's parts of our story that maybe we didn't want to experience. Doesn't mean you have to share the detail, but it does mean that you know, it's probably, there's something there. And what I mean by that, so I shared, and you know, whenever I do speaking or anything like that, and I help people to find their story, I'm always really vulnerable. And I share with them, um, 
I usually have them do an exercise where you write down all your passions, things that light you up, because again, I think it's a huge part of your, your, your clues, ding, ding, ding. Um, but then I also have them make a list of all their experiences. So if you're a youth, you probably don't have a lot of like work experiences yet, but maybe you have experiences in clubs, maybe you have experience moving a lot, maybe you have experience traveling, maybe you know another language, maybe you have experience because you're uh, being a have, coming from a divorced family, or maybe there was some bad things that happened that you didn't want to experience, but it's all part of who you are. And you can't change your story. You can't change who you are, but you can use it and leverage it and, and share it in the right settings, not just for everyone, but sometimes when you're just authentic and open, like, you know what, I'm struggling right now with figuring out my purpose. And it, you just don't know who you're going to inspire. And when about story is a gift. It's a gift from God. We're really intended to do with it what we do with all gifts, and that's give it away. We have to share it, you know. And I know you all have heard the whole sin of the desert that uh, Tom has talked about many times. If not, I'll just briefly share it. But you know, the sin of the desert is you're in the desert with all these people, and everyone's dying of thirst, literally dying of dehydration, and you know where the water is, but you don't tell anyone. That's a sin. Nobody would do that, right? But the truth is, we do it all the time when we withhold, when we don't, we're not our true self, when we're not sharing our story, because somebody out there desperately needs that encouragement or desperately needs to know they're not alone. And they, you know, somebody else doesn't have it figured out either. Um, wow. That, that really puts a new, perspective for those who are listening to us on sharing on social media because I think too often that there no one is trying to be their authentic self uh, on that they're trying to be that perfect person and those who are they tend to have the the greater impact of followers um, yeah I, you know and I, I honestly I'm not the best on social media anyway but you know I, I think there's people trying to but there is such pressure and and so I do feel the generation. But I think about somebody like a Sadie Robinson. She is, uh, I happen to, I, I guess I follow her on Instagram. I don't know, but she's very authentic, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. And, and so I just, I think it goes back to confidence and feel, feeling good in your own skin. And when you feel good in your own skin and you know, like, you know what, I'm passionate about this. I feel like this is part of my purpose. You, you stop caring as much about what people think. And this is coming from the biggest people pleaser ever in high school and in college and after college. I literally didn't share my book for a few months because I was worried what my friends would think mm. and family too. But you know what? Mm. If you go through life worried what people are going to think, you'll just, ne you'll stay small. So you got to, you know, for, especially Zig, anyone Ziglarized, you know, we have a, we, we have an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives, but you got to just be you and, and know it's great <laughs> and it's okay and that's your story i can relate to being a people pleaser and it is something i actively try to be better about and to know where my boundaries are and to make sure that i'm prioritizing what my passion and purpose are but shifting gears just a little bit my absolute favorite question to ask in one of these interviews is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and i feel like we're probably about to get something pretty pretty hard hitting here. <laughs> oh goodness. I've had a lot of good advice. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can think of so many things. My parent, my mom would always say, treat people the way you want to be treated. I still think that that is, um, 
you know, how you treat people determines a lot of your life. And, and to just always try to see that people, you never really know what's going on with someone, um, even when they appear to be, I, I almost think the people who have it all together usually don't. So it's like having a little bit of kindness, um, treating them with kindness if you wanna be people to treat you that way. But in terms of business um, or, or the professional world, I have to think about this. Um, I mean, there's so many things I learned from Zig. Oh gosh, I'm usually never at a loss for words either. You know, I, not to be cheesy, but like, you know, um, probably the best advice that I probably received, but it wasn't directly, was something I, I saw Zig do and not being afraid to put your faith in, in your business or in your mm. in putting it out there. Um, he never specifically said that to me, but um, when I started working at Ziggler when I was 22 years old, um, up into that point, I, I never worked anywhere that anyone talked about their faith or, or even shared that they had a faith or, you know, I also came from a, a background where we just didn't talk about that stuff. It was very private. And I saw him operate a business, a very successful business where he was unapologetically that way. And he um, never forced it on anyone, but he always did Monday morning devotions, seven 30, every Monday morning, the most quote unquote, the most important meeting they'll have all week long but it's optional. And I just remember thinking, wow, for, that's, that's taking a risk, putting your faith first. And you know what? I, I've seen it work for him, for everyone within Ziggler. Um, and, and so just, again, it's that authentic thing. It's like, if that's a part of who you are, don't be afraid to share it. I love that you said that because it reiterates what you had written in a recent blog where you talk about authenticity and then the very first thing that you said was authentic people do not change their personalities or standards. And so you're, you know, it's neat that at age 22, that was being fed into you and being reinforced through your life, uh, probably through your association with him and through your association with other folks as well. So that's powerful. Uh, and that's why we like this question. That's why I have guests. I have a co-host uh, that are Gen Z's because they ask so much, they ask much better questions than I do. <laughs> love it. I know you, you all are so much more advanced than I was at that age. Goodness gracious. <laughs> this podcast would be so boring if it was just me uh, going through this. So Michelle, how can our audience connect with you? If they want to find out more about what you're doing and, and the advice that you can give and the content that you have, how can they connect with you? So my website, michelleprince.com, there's some free things on there, but you know, um, I am on social media. I, I know this generation won't find me because I'm mostly on Facebook, um, I <laughs> but I am on Instagram. I'm getting better with it, but uh, yeah, sorry, I'm not on TikTok or anything like that, but um, you're not doing any yeah. TikTok dances or anything? No, What's I that? I so I have boys. They're not going to teach me how to do a TikTok dance. I need girls <laughs> to show me that stuff. So, no, I love to dance though. So watch out if I do get on there. Um, but <laughs> no, reach out, email me. You know, Michelle at michelleprince.com. I'm I'm an open book. So just uh, let me know how I can help. I really just want to encourage everyone to just shine your lights now. And the sooner you do it, the happier your life will be. Hey, I want to plug. So I want you to plug something that you do um, that I think could be of great value to 
to our audience, both as a young audience and those who work with youth, and that is your book bound class. Um, I'm not sure how that's been going during the COVID, but uh, tell tell us about that and and and, uh, and and plug that as well. Oh, thank you. Um, well, yes. So Bookbound is is a, an event that I've been doing for ten years now, eleven years, going on eleven. But it's uh, it's teaching everyone to how to write a book, how to find your story, um, how to publish a book, how to market a book. So it's really for people that are wanting to take their story and get it out there in a big way and leverage author status. So with COVID, we stopped doing the live events. We uh, we're doing them virtually, and you know what? It works because the content is really solid, and we can get it delivered that way. And um, and even if you don't think you want to write a book, what comes out of that experience is just such clarity on who you are, you know, your gifts, your talents. And again, that is your story is, is just who you are. So um, bookboundworkshop.com. Uh, we'll be doing another one here um, in January. Uh, are you going to do that one in Florida? I know you would do the January one in Florida sometimes, right? We do. Yeah, we are just doing them virtually at this point. So things change completely. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you for that. Oh, audience, all the information on how to connect with her is going to be in the show notes. So if you're watching this, look down, you'll see that in show notes. If you're listening to this, go to your podcast app and you will find in the show notes uh, the links to her websites and the link to the Bookbound um, uh, website as well. So Michelle, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come on here. I think there needs to be a little class just on finding purpose. We need to have a we need to do a class together on finding purpose because that not only teaching youth how to find purpose, but teaching those who work with youth how to help, uh, which may be even a greater impact if, if we could equip people to with those uh, tools to help uh, youth reach those. What do you think, Abs? I think that'd be awesome. I'd be there. <laughs> totally agree. Well, count me in. I'm, I'm, I would love to do that with you, with you both. <laughs> Well, thank you again for being our guest. We, we really enjoyed it. And to our audience, someone you know really needs to hear this message today. So share, like, and comment on this, either on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. And again, we'll see you next week on the Gen Z Show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.